Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. o'clock hour, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO as we take you up until noon, still to come. Our friend Zubin Mahente from ESPN, of course he's taking over the morning show there in about oh, a couple of weeks, Jay Will and uh, Keyshawn Johnson, but right now let's head to Chicago, he's David Kaplan, ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago joins us. Cap Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on Cap, how are you? I am good, boys. How we doing? Doing well. Vacation is over, Cap. Did you get your batteries recharged and ready to uh, watch and cover this 60-game sprint that starts a week from tomorrow? I did. I had a great time. I did all my TV from vacation because we're on Zoom anyway since March the, uh, I don't know, 16th, I think it was. So I was able to do all my TV, all my podcasts. I just had my break from early morning radio, and so I'm excited. I'm ready to rock and roll. We've had some fun the first couple days this week, and we're ready to go today. Cap, uh, Marquee Network, uh, people are going to find that now that there's actually going to be baseball, especially if you're a DirecTV subscriber. I know that the there's... What? What is it called? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, it's still an issue in Chicago. A lot of folks are, are still having trouble getting it, but my question to you, Cap, is will, will both broadcast crews, the Cubs and the White Sox, will they broadcast home and away from Chicago? Will either of those two crews travel do you know uh i know for a fact on nbc sports chicago steve stone and jason benetti will do all 60 games from the booth at guaranteed rate home or away game doesn't matter that's where they'll be interesting it's i I don't know what the cubs are going to do with lennon jd i know the the um road games are up in the air. I would assume they'll be doing it the same way from Wrigley. I do know the radio team is allowed to travel, but Pat Hughes is in his 60s, and he's already said we're doing it from Chicago. So as workouts continue, Anthony Rizzo missed another one of those yeah. workouts. MRI on his back. It's been a bulky back. It's been something. Cap, you told us, uh, I think, way back in February, just how good he was looking coming into the year. These latest workouts, you're hearing the same kind of things. And, and a bad back, it's such a difficult, difficult thing to come back from and just to deal with for pro- professional athletes throughout the time. What can you tell us about Rizzo? Uh, from what I'm being told, they're not really concerned that it's something serious. He gets this every year for whatever reason. I mean, I'm watching video of the guy deadlifting 295 pounds, and he looks amazing. And 
he said that he worked very hard on strengthening his core, which LeBron James said, I kept getting these lower back problems and I could never play 82 games. And this Navy SEAL came to LeBron and said, you need to hire me to train you. He's like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, no, you're actually not. And so LeBron said, all right, I'm going to take you up on it. Let's see how we do. And he hired this guy, and the guy puts him through this amazing workout before a game. LeBron said, I'm soaked before a game. And all of a sudden he said, I don't have any back problems because the guy was getting his core engaged. And so Rizzo tried to do the exact same thing with his trainer, a really good guy from Florida named Tom, who's one of his best friends. And Tom and he got you see Rizzo's results. He's lost 30 times. He looks amazing. He's strong. He's defined. Some people just genetically have a problem with their back, and that appears to be Anthony. Kappa, hmm. I saw a piece earlier that the uh, the rooftops, at least some of them, are going to be open in a limited capacity. I've had the uh, I, I've sat out there two or three games, I think, maybe more than that, but I, I've been on the rooftops. Cap, it's kind of overrated to me. I love the food aspect, the beer, and it's as much food as you can eat. And it's kind of, you know, you do it once, you want to scratch it off the bucket list. But you can't see anything from the warning track to the wall. You miss a lot. You miss a lot. I get that the fact that, you know, that might be the only option for watching the Cubs uh, this year. But I'm sure you've sat out there. What was the experience like for you? Uh, I had a dear friend who bought one of the rooftops, and I remember him saying to me back in, like, 1991, this was pre-explosion of the rooftops having fancy seating. He's like, hey, you want a share of it? We're buying that building. It was $465,000 wow. in 1991, I believe, mm. to buy this building. But then you had to put another... 500 to 900,000 into the building so you could put seats up on top because it used to be just you know a bunch of dudes getting folding chairs and that's what they did that's they happened to live there and it wasn't a business and I I didn't have any money I mean I I was a young guy but no chance I wish I could I don't have any money they ended up selling that building for seven and a half million dollars probably <laughs> 10 years ago yeah but they also put as I said, somewhere in that five to eight, nine hundred thousand range. Then they put another million five into the building and expanded the rooftop seating where they literally had bleachers on top and they made a fortune. They did really, really well. Now the Ricketts family has bought most of the building. Mm-hmm. I love being up there for the party atmosphere on a beautiful summer right. day. But if you truly want to watch the game and go, are they going to bunt here? Are they going to hit and run? Uh, that guy's got to shade over because this guy's going to pull the ball. Like, you don't get that experience on the rooftop. You just don't. It's a party. It's fun. It's great on a Friday afternoon. But I prefer to sit in the seat. David Ross going through his first season as a manager, a season obviously unlike any other for every manager out there. Initial returns. There's no games yet. There hasn't been anything that you can uh, point to and say, boy, he made a bad decision on that switch, those types of things. But how he's handled this here during his first run? Uh, You know what? When I hear Steven Souza say, unprompted, boy, I've never played for a manager like this who's so involved with you on a day-to-day basis. Because a lot of managers, they... Hey, man, you show up and just do your job, period. And they don't really talk to you. Like Lou Pinella, I had Kerry Wood tell me, Lou just expects you to show up and do your job. He does not want to have to babysit you or 
that's just the old school versus the new school. And so I think David's going to be fine, going to be a good fit. And I think everybody's going to get a break this year with anything that goes on because of the pandemic. We don't look, he may pull a picture and you go, what are you doing? And we may not know how that guy feels or what's going on in that guy's life. So yeah, I I'm excited to see what David can do. Now, again, you know, I've said before, if I owned that team, Joe Girardi would yep. be managing it. But that's also because he's one of my best friends. I love David Ross, and I think he'll be fine. Hmm. Cap, uh, starting pitchers, rotation-wise, who's at the top? I, Darvish, I guess Kyle Hendricks has been unbelievable so far, and it's been inter-squad, and I get that part. But is there a chance Hendricks opens on uh, a week from Friday? Is he the opening day starter? Do they stick with Darvish? Has Lester fallen to the three spot? Uh, I think Lester is in the three spot. Gordon Wittenmeyer and I have been arguing on our podcast on NBC Sports Chicago that he says Darvish is the opening day starter. I say it's Kyle Hendricks. Now, uh, look, Darvish has the best stuff on the roster, no question about it. Kyle Hendricks is the best pitcher. And yesterday was the anniversary, the eight-year anniversary, of the Cubs trading Ryan Dempster to get Kyle Hendricks. So I truly believe since the day he was recalled in 2014, he's been the Cubs' best pitcher. Now, if Jake Arrieta had the best season, John Lester might have been the most stabilizing influence and had a great season. But if you take that whole period from 2014, called to the big leagues, to today, winning the clinch game to go to the World Series for the first time in 71 years, beating Clayton Kershaw with a shutout into the ninth, uh, yeah, I'm all in. Kyle Hendricks should be the opening day starter. Cap, let's talk about you, Darvish, a, a guy that had an incredible run there, what, over six weeks, where he was the best pitcher in the game. He was incredible, yeah. but we've also seen the other side. He got roughed up a little bit uh, his last time out, but what you, Darvish, do you anticipate we'll see here for the 60-game stretch? I think you're going to see a really good you, Darvish. Now, you know, he's got great stuff. He could run it up there to 99 miles an hour. He got, I don't know, 10 different pitches. Yeah. They were saying the other day he threw some pitch, and Tommy Hadovy, the pitching coach, said, what was that pitch? He goes, that was something I was working on in the pandemic. It was just a new grip. Mm. Like This guy has so many different variations that makes him really, really tough to figure out. But he's also been hittable at times when he leaves the fastball up or he relies. You remember I got into it with him last year. When I said, what is yeah. with all the freaking breaking balls? You've got a 98-mile-an-hour fastball consistently. Throw the damn fastball. And then he said, don't mess with Cubs analytics. And then the next start, like the first 40 pitches, I think 37 of them were fastballs. And after the game, he says to the media that I made sense. And I'm like, I'm a media guy. <laughs> I'm sitting at home. How do you not know that? So I'm excited to see what these guys do. I think the top three – are going to pitch really well. Hmm. Let's talk about, I want to get to the White Sox, but one more for me on, on the Cubs here. Uh, the utility guys. I guess Horner's going to be utility. Bodie probably doesn't have a starting spot. Likewise, Descalzo. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on either of those three. Uh, is Ian, and then throw Ian Happen, who was a utility guy, although it looks as though he's going to get a lot of uh, playing time in left field. The utility guys, Cap, who's going to play in the most of those 60 games? Uh, Horner, Bodie, Descalzo, and is Hap the starting left fielder? Uh, Hap, Hap will probably start in center. 
I think you'll see a lot of Schwarber in the left. You'll see a little Steven Souza, Schwarber at DH, Jason Kipnis at second, Jason Kipnis DH. So I think you're going to see a bunch of guys, Albert Almora in center some. You'll have Contreras DH, which puts Schwarber in the left, which puts Caratini behind the plate. So you've got a number of different ways you can look at this thing. But I do think that you're going to see David Ross try to get a lot of guys opportunities. Prediction time. Let's hear from you, Cap, in the division. The Pirates, I think, was most people's choice for the last spot. But how does that top of the division shake out? Give us your prediction for the season. I've got the Cubs 58-2. and 2-58. No, I think the Cubs can win this division. I do. I don't think it's a great division. Cardinals didn't do a lot in the offseason. The Brewers didn't do a lot. The Pirates have made their intentions known. Now, in a 60-game thing, anything can happen. They were not a good team last year. Finished a billion games out of first. But at the 60-game mark, what were they, like a game out of first, a half a game? They were right there. And then they just fell apart because over 162, your weaknesses are revealed. Over 60, anybody can have a hot 60 games. Um, the, I talked about the Brewers and the Cardinals. The Reds are the wild card. They spent money, mm-hmm. but did they get older veterans who are, okay, we overpaid to get Mike Moustakis or some of the guys they have. Is Trevor Bauer going to be the Trevor Bauer that people think he can be? Is he going to be up and down? Is he a tough teammate? They got rid of him in Cleveland. So I have the Cubs winning the division. I have the Reds finishing second. The Cardinals third, the Brewers fourth, and the Pirates fifth. Hmm. Let's go to the American League Central Cap. I, I'm really starting to like this White Sox team. I think they're probably a year away, but they're well. We saw Jimenez break out, and Luis Robert uh, is one of these guys. I think he on the south side. He is what Javi Baez is on the north side. A young and up and comer that you're going to watch maybe go through a little bit of growing pains before he becomes uh, as exciting a player as Baez is. Uh, I think Luis Robert can be that guy for the South Siders. I know they're different positions, clearly, uh, but you get my point as far as the uh, the enthusiasm that the fans on the south side and watching Robert's career unfold in front of them, similar to what you guys did with Baez? Uh, I do. I, I think this guy has just crazy, crazy talent. Uh, he's also built like Khalil Mack. Like, I stood next to him and I, at spring training, and I'm like, that guy's a monster. And then Aloy Jimenez walked up. I'm like, that guy's a monster. It literally looks like Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are playing for the Chicago White Sox. So they've got ability. They've got talent. I think they've got really good pitching, even with the loss of Michael Kopech. So I'm going to tell you the White Sox are going to be right there in contention. I think the Twins are the best team. I think the Sox and the Twins are going to battle it out. Jose Abreu has been the model of consistency throughout his career. He is 33 years old. Last couple of years, at least a step back from the guy that we saw early on in his career. What's left in the tank? And with a better team around him, could you see a big rejuvenation out of Abreu this season? I absolutely could see. Look, this is a guy that's led the league in RBIs before. Mm -hmm. He is one of the leaders in that clubhouse. I love Jose Abreu, and he's a wonderfully good guy. So... I could see him having a really good year because he's now got a lot of guys around him that can pick up the slack. It isn't coming to the plate with two men on, and if he doesn't get a hit, we've got no chance. Now it's, let me just get a good swing on the ball, 
drive the baseball, and I've got, oh, Jimenez, i got Robert, i got Nomar Mazzara. I've got all these different pieces, Yoan Mancata, Yasmani Grandal, mm-hmm. James McCann, uh, Madrigal. They've got so much talent now on that roster. It's just neat. It's like you bought all these great groceries. You went to this high-end grocery mm-hmm. store, and you got the best of everything, but now it has to marinate, and it's got to cook. How quickly that happens remains to be seen. Two quick ones. We are, we're up against your show here, Cap. The concern on the White Sox is what for you? Concern on the White Sox for me is their defense. I still I don't think Jimenez is very good defensively. Abreu's not great defensively. Nomar Mazar is not great defensively. Luis Robert, I think, has a chance to be really good, but you know he has never played one game in the big leagues yet. Tim Anderson makes a lot of errors. I love Tim. And I think he's a really good offensive player. He's got to be better defensively. Now, Grandal, that is a big-time upgrade defensively behind the plate, but he's not going to play every day either. So that's my biggest question. Are they going to make errors that give really good teams like Cleveland and Minnesota opportunities to score more runs? And last thing, NBA or NHL, which of those two leagues has a better chance to pull off their postseason? I'm going to say NBA. I really, I'm all in on Adam Silver, and I've talked to two guys who are quarantined right now in the bubble, and they go, "It's no joke, dude." You could see exactly every precaution that was taken, and unless somebody wants to be an idiot, whether that's walking across the lobby to the wrong side and finding out you couldn't pick your food up there, come on, man, you got to be smarter than that, Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. I am all in on the NBA, but I think the NHL is trying to follow that blueprint as well. Cap, great stuff. Thank you for doing this. We'll talk to you next week. I look forward to it. You guys have a wonderful day. And you do the same. Thank you very much. David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Sponsors Cappy Iowa's best selection of stone veneer. If you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project, any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa, variety of styles, patterns, and colors. Over 200 of those color and pattern combinations. Interior, exterior, it's Iowa's best selection of stone veneer. You can find them on Lions Centurion Stone of Iowa. The showroom is back open, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. We encourage you to make an appointment and stop by, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. If a project that involves stone veneer is in your future, Centurion Stone of Iowa. So i got a hockey question for you. I'm going to tee one up here. Oh. And I had it on my list to ask Cappy, but we ran short on time with him. Corey Crawford. He yes. is uh, ruled unfit to play right is that what we're going to be hearing because the nhl not uh, teams are not prohibited to release their medical information is this is what we're calling covid19 is that fair Maybe. now it, it, it could also be this because the nhl i don't think the nba major league baseball and the nfl have this collectively bargain that if the nhl's league doctors look at a player and look at his medical history and determine that this is a guy that if he 
contracts COVID, it may be very detrimental. He, gotcha. he might not be, you know, just put him in that asymptomatic category. Mm-hmm. If you, if he's had a condition in the past where if COVID, if he were to get COVID, it was to, it would be, uh, really de- uh, debilitate him. They can rule him out. Okay. So that might be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I listened to, uh, I watched the uh, Paul Maurice, who's the Jets coach. He did a, uh, his video press conference the other day. They're not going to say COVID. Okay. They're going to, he's unavailable to practice. He's unavailable to play tonight. Those type of things. And I speculation will be a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, but again, I mean, of all the sport, upper body, <laughs> lower body. <laughs> well, that's that's right. kind of where I was going because, right. yeah, when you get to the playoffs and it's a lower leg injury. Like, right. You, you see the guy, he just took a skate to the ankle. Yeah, yeah. I think we know what it is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that always cracks me up come playoff time. But that's uh, that's a pretty big blow because the other goaltender that they had, they traded him to Vegas mm-hmm. right before the deadline, right? right? They did, absolutely. Um, uh, the guy from the Islanders' name escapes me. Um, yeah, came over from Buffalo to the Islanders to Chicago. Anyways, um, yeah, it's a blow because Corey Crawford's got all that Stanley Cup experience. Yes. He's won three of them for crying out loud. I don't give the Blackhawks much of a chance. I, no. I, I just don't think that, you know, their window is clearly closed. They were one of the teams that got in with the expansion of the playoffs uh, to make this preliminary round, if you will. So uh, I give the Blackhawks no chance. I think the Wild could advance against Vancouver. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, I mean, Edmonton's just got too much talent. Uh, that's uh, who the Blackhawks are going to be going up against. But. I don't see them being around for very long, but we will uh, find out. I think August 1st is the, is it not? I think August 1st is when we're going to uh, start these games. So okay. uh, we'll we'll see about that. It's going to be fun, though, Trent. No doubt about that. This, we get baseball. We get basketball. We get the NHL. And we're all better for it in my, Robin Leonard, that's his name. Uh, anyways, we will take a time out. Come back. Zubin Mahante, the new morning show host. How about that? We had that. We did. We just couldn't say that. We did. (laughs) Uh, Kexano and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword CHECK to 200-200 right now. That's your chance to win $1,000. That's CHECK to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, back with Zuba Mahente. Next, Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Do you know this tune? I do not. Zeiss Cube. It was a good day. Okay. It was a good day last week for Zuba Mahente. Yes, indeed it was. Our friend Zuba Mahente, huge news. We'll get to that in a second. Just real quick, I want to get this in. NCMIC reminds us, got a couple of farmer's markets tonight. Trent, Waukee, as you mm-hmm. just uh, played that spot. Waukee's farmer's market tonight. Triangle Park on 6th and Ashworth. Uh, they are underway from 4 until 7. And Bondurant, uh, they have theirs tonight. Uh, Southeast and Grain Street. In Bondurant, their farmer's market goes tonight from 6 until 8. Let's get one of the new co-hosts for ESPN's new morning show. Although he's not giving up SportsCenter. SportsCenter, we will still see Zubin on TV, and we'll hear him right now on the radio with us. Hello, friend. Congratulations, Zubin Mahente. 
Thank you. I just wanted to quickly mention one thing that I told Trent in the commercial break. I try to catch one of your hours every day, either when I'm driving or working out or just motoring around. I thought yesterday's first hour was the best first hour that I think you guys have had. Because I think as a listener, I learned so much from the one caller you took. I learned a ton <laughs> from the guys from the Iowa Racing Commission. Yeah, the All of the things that are... On the line, I want to pretend like we live in the simpleton world. The integrity thing was really interesting. And what I really loved was I saw so much passion out of Trent because I knew Trent used to be an educator in the Western Moines School District. I probably lived a mile, a half a mile, three quarters of a mile from Valley High School when I lived in Western Moines when I was working in Iowa. And Trent sort of been passionate defense of why you have to be in school and why telelearning and all that mm-hmm. stuff, distance learning is one thing, but being in the classrooms is another. And can your practical nature of, yeah, but it was great. <laughs> I listened to the whole hour and I thought you guys were awesome yesterday. That was re- I learned a lot of the listening. Well, I'm blushing right now. Zubin. Yeah, thank you. That's high praise coming from you. We certainly appreciate that. Well, speaking of high praise, Zubin, as I said at the beginning of the show here today, uh, it's warmed my heart to see the uh, the outpouring of support and well wishes that you've got from you know peers, uh, guys that you work with that might have moved on to a, a you know and not like a Jeff Goodman, for instance. Uh, Zubin, you've had to be. I know you're not on social media, so you miss a lot of that. But uh, a lot of folks in your corner, Zubin, really rooting for you to take this morning show uh, and to run with it. I really appreciate everybody that has reached out. Occasionally, Dave Z, Dave Zabolinski, who some of your listeners may know, sure. he used to work mm-hmm. at Channel 5 for a long time. He actually started as our intern and actually, I think, worked in every single position at the station, all the way up to sports director. Sometimes he'll send me some things on social media because I find him to be one of the more plugged-in guys with what's going on media-wise, follows a lot of people. So if he sees something... He'll always text it to me from social media, so I'm a little behind the curve there, <laughs> but occasionally Dave will help me out with that. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I think my job on SportsCenter, like you mentioned, I'll still be doing it, is to basically give scores, highlights, uh, and analysis. There's a little bit of line of demarcation if you're Scott Van Pelt or Steve Levy or somebody that's really been around. You can editorialize a little bit. People care about your opinions, but for the most part, I think most people that will be listening to me may not be familiar with who I am, maybe just seeing me for the first time. So it'll be a bit of an adjustment going from a project where I give you straight scores, highlights, and analysis to a point where I really have to give an opinion, which I can, but it's not been my role here. And the great thing is I'm sitting next to a former number one overall draft pick, Hmm. a number two overall draft pick, and a John R. Wooden Award winner. And we're certainly going to be doing things based off the number one and the number two. And what I want to do more than anything is have those guys uh, take us to places that the viewer can rarely go or the listener in this case can rarely go. Oftentimes we bring guys on and we ask them, how could somebody miss this block? How could somebody whip here? Why didn't somebody pick this guy up on the pick and roll? What happened on the switch here? Should they have tried a three here? Doesn't it make sense to do that with the clock being this? We get into all that stuff so much. And sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that these guys can just transport us to places that people have rarely been because they've been there. I used to say this. I did Marcus Spears' audition when he uh, worked at ESPN when he first got here at the SEC Network. Now he's moving on up doing a lot of NFL stuff. And we did, you know, all these sorts of things that I just mentioned to you. And sometimes I wish and I didn't have the opportunity to ask it because it wasn't something that they wanted to be part of his overall work that day. But I sometimes just wanted to ask him, so what's it like running out of the tunnel at LSU? Like, what's Hmm. it like playing for LSU? 
or playing for the Cowboys with that sort of pressure vis-a-vis all the other teams. Sometimes I think they take for granted all the positions they've been in because they've been doing it their entire lives. Then you get to a point where you really feel you can do it and you start really locking in. But I'm going to try to get those stories out of these guys that normally we don't. We ask them to just go into analyst mode and we don't really ask them to reflect on just literally what it's like to be in a, a huddle when Spittle is flying out of Coach K's <laughs> mouth <laughs> and you're trying to win a huge game at the old cold steel house in College Park, Maryland. Take us back to those moments. And we're going to try to do that. I don't want to make an old man radio like, back in my day, this happened. <laughs> but I do think there is an aspect of pulling some of this stuff out of guys that helps us understand just what it's like to be on a field or court or a diamond or whatever the case would be. Zubin, you mentioned you're not on social media. We can't find you on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, or anything else. Maybe TikTok. I don't know if you got a video of you out there dancing or something like that. But now in this new role and and being also somebody that is going to be giving a lot more opinion, have the bosses at ESPN started to, I don't know, strong arms the right word, but encourage you to get on social media? Is that something that was part of the conversation? I knew it was coming, so I had to come up with an excuse, right? I knew something was coming, so I had to come up with some preventative measures. And so what I did was, um, the show, I'm sure, will have some sort of Twitter feed. And as you know, that what happens today in TV a lot, or maybe with your radio segments as well, it depends. Maybe somebody can't be around from 10 to 12, but if there's an especially great segment on your show with Murph and Andy, The Morning Rush, um, Ross and Chris, you get to a point where you can just blast it out on social media, and that's where it might happen. You often see that on our morning TV show, Get Up. Right now, there's not a lot of sports, so the ratings may not be particularly strong. But if somebody comes in and just says something or really lays down the law on something, I think more people get it from it being tweeted out or other media outlets picking it up and tweeting it out. So I think from, from that standpoint, we're going to have to do something like that because I think that's just the way you get attention these days. But I actually have presented a segment, which would, uh, again, keep me off of Twitter, most importantly. But <laughs> the segment would be something along the lines of these two guys relay stories that are only on Twitter. Uh, stories that I could only fathom because I'm not on Twitter. Hypothetically, let's pretend I didn't know. Because uh, I actually auditioned him at ESPN as well. Uh, when Rex Chapman is working out for the SEC here back to maybe, oh, I don't know, six years ago. I, and he, was, he used to work with the Nuggets as well. He was a big VP at the Nuggets, and I used to work in Denver, so I know Rex. But if I didn't, um, if I didn't know Rex Chapman had that tremendous Twitter feed, that would be sort of along the lines of the segment: finding things that you can only find on Twitter that aren't hitting the mainstream press, and sort of accentuating them, finding out if I believe they even occur, or doing something like that. Uh, Trent, I'm going to fight tooth and nail. I'm going, and if that doesn't work, I'll come up with something else. <laughs> I just, it's one of those things where I just honestly feel like my quality of life has been a lot better. Yeah. And uh, I just don't need it. I've said before, if I felt like being on Twitter would increase the, my job performance at all, I would do it. But in a place like this, I've mentioned to you guys before, when we have breaking news or we have to come on the air and do something, our standards have to go through so many hoops that let's say, we you know, five minutes from now, we learn something uh, you know, James Harden arrived late in the bubble. That was a big thing over the last 24 hours. Yep. We're not going to run with it for another five minutes. And as you guys know, in TV uh, or radio, five minutes is an eternity. So by the time sometimes we get news and are ready pre- to present it, we've got to run through all these channels. And by then I'll be familiar with it. So I'm going to I'm going to still hold out. <laughs> 
Uh, Zubin Mahenti is our guest. Zubin, uh, one more on that, and then we're going to get into uh, the world of sports. Um, so, well, August the 17th, I, I believe, is is the start date. Will you guys, the three of you, get together and you know rehearse? Will you do a mock show or a couple of them uh, in anticipation of uh, launch day? I For sure. I think I'm going to leave SportsCenter on August 7th for a while. Uh, he lives in... California and uh, Jay lives in New York City. It's still not 100% where the show is going to be at this point because of uh, COVID concerns. Can we open our New York studio? Can we? We are. We have our Bristol studios open for Sports Center, but that doesn't necessarily mean it would be open uh, for radio. Um, and then we have to do it the way other shows do it at the beginning, which would be all three of us in a different location. We would have to do that. That would be the least preferable option. I think you want to be in a place where even if you and Trent, or I know sometimes Keith and Andy and Andrew aren't in the same studio, but being able to see each other is imperative. So I hope we would be able to do it together, at least in Connecticut or uh, New York. But we'll have maybe 10 days at the very least to practice, to do real segments. And I've, I've done shows where you started on the ground up before in television. And the key for those, at least in my opinion, I don't know if you guys would agree, is you have to treat them like they're 100% real. You have to get up. At whatever time, you got to start at 6 a.m. You have to pretend like you're live. You have to take that day's news, those sound bites, talk about it. A reasonable facsimile is not good enough. I think you have to set the alarm, do it, talk about issues that affect that day, not issues you're dying to talk about that are old. You have to do it the exact same way you would do the show. We'll hope that ends up working out. And then I think we'll be doing a lot of different calls with affiliates. That's one thing I've not done in television for every station that's going to carry the show and i totally understand that you know he and jay are going to do the really big market like new york and chicago la is not a huge market for us because it'll be 3 a.m uh, pacific time when we start not prime radio listening hours for the most part but uh, as i did joke when we did name the show the only thing i knew about the show's title would be uh it would be anz i think can battle it out for the for the first two but i knew i was going to be <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the end. But Dan, to your point, it's going to be one of those things where I think you have to treat it serious uh, every single time you practice, and hopefully that'll manifest itself on the air. ESPN Zubin Mahente joining us here. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Zubin, we are eight days away from seeing sports back, the major sports back. We've had golf, we've had UFC, we've had NASCAR, but when you're talking about the major sports, NBA, MLB, NFL, this will be our first look back. Can you see anything happening over these next eight days that take away the start of the baseball season? I don't. Not to mention, Trent, I love the point that you mentioned the eight days. Not only are we eight days away from baseball, we're basically going to have all three of those sports yeah. that you mentioned, the NHL, the NBA, and MLB, all back in an eight-day span. So you can wait eight days to get hmm. MLB, and then within eight days, you're going to get the other two, and all three should be cycling in. At once, Major League Baseball has said pretty much, you know, there's a handful of things that could really affect uh, the game being stopped. One of them would be an outbreak or a rash on a certain team, uh, since obviously they're in a quote-unquote real season where every team's going to have to play. It's not like the NBA where there's eight teams, and if there's a rash on the Cleveland Cavs or the Warriors, the Knicks or the Hawks, it really doesn't matter because uh, they're not going to be doing much. But I do think uh, that rash could happen in any of the three I know, Ken, you mentioned on the show yesterday and others have mentioned how tight the NHL bubble is. But as Dame Lillard indicated, you know, you could follow. And this is this is not just an NBA thing. This is life thing. 
you know, for the NBA, you could follow everything in the 133-page protocol and uh, get the virus, or you could be reckless like some guys in the NBA have been already and not get the virus. I mean, that's the crazy part. You could follow every letter to the law and get it, and you could be crazy and not get it. So I think a rash, which is not unexpected, they're trying to do everything to keep it under consideration and control, but I think a rash would do it. And Major League Baseball has also said, I don't see this on the horizon. I have not traveled lately, but baseball has said if they're part of the country were to be shut down, uh, with travel restrictions, if there were to be a huge outbreak or considering the spike would get even larger if people believe we're still in the first phase and it would affect the airline industry to the point where travel were to be restricted around the country, that would be something that would obviously force Major League Baseball uh, to shut down, especially teams that are playing outside of the East. Everybody in the NL East and AL East is playing in the Eastern time zone, but that's still going to require flights down to Florida and whatever's going to happen with the Jays. And travel is going to be much more extensive if you play in the AL or NL West when you've got to go to Arizona and Seattle and you can't possibly drive that uh, for a team. So I think right now, fingers crossed, but a rash could happen at any point. If you ask Florida, would they be there at this point a month ago? Arizona, Texas, that same time frame, they would have said, we're fine. And now look where we are. And I also think, obviously, uh, if plane travel is restricted, that would obviously throw a huge crib, not into the... NHL until we get a little deeper and obviously not into the NBA at all. But I think Major League Baseball would be adversely affected. Hmm. Zubin Mahenti is our guest, and that's what worries me about uh, baseball, uh, Zubin, and you're right about the Blue Jays. I mean, season starts for them a week from Friday. They have no idea where they're playing their home games yet. I mean, no rush. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Got nine days. Uh, but Zubin, my, my, my fear with MLB, and you're right, the NBA in, is in Orlando. The NHL, if you're in the West, you're in Edmonton. If you're in the East, you're, you're in Toronto. And then whoever comes out of the East and the West, they're going to play in one of those two cities. So they can control everything. But do you know if uh, we'll use the Cardinals, the teams that fly to St. Louis, will they all stay at the same hotel um, as, you know, the, the Cubs will be in there and then they'll check out and, and here come the Brewers? I guess I think it would be easier to keep control of one hotel as opposed to, because you know what it's like. The, the One team stays in this hotel, their favorite hotel for the other teams across town over here. Don't you think it'd be easier if they just, um, you know, mi- uh, minimized it and limited it to one hotel for, for each city? I agree. That's an interesting question whether they would do that. With the course of the season running a lot less, being a much truncated season, it would be an amazing burden to ask a hotel to say, hey, look, for the better part of seven months or however long the baseball season runs, we really need one hotel with one consistent policy, a one group of workers that we can consistently test, um, and just kind of that knows the routine and the logistics because we're going to have to go to the letter of the law to make sure things work. I also think that because travel is being cut down in a lot of cities that essentially see travel for tourism in the summer, like Chicago is an amazing place to go in the summer, but I just don't think a lot of people are going to be flocking into Chicago. Um, It's a real issue in Illinois. So in Southern California, people aren't going to Orange County or Los Angeles on vacation. People probably aren't coming to New York too much for sure. People are fleeing New York, actually. So I don't think a ton of people will be coming to New York or you know, some of the other places like Miami for vacation. So I think that's the one thing that can help is that the season will be starting at a point where, yes, a lot of major American cities see a lot of tourism, and those people would flock to hotels and lock up and book up those hotels. But I just don't think you're going to see an extensive amount of travel 
to a lot of major places and then for out-of-the-way places that may not get a lot of travel, like Kansas City is a wonderful city, but I don't know how often people visit it, things of that nature. Um, And so we'll have to wait and see how that works. But I would agree with you, Ken, in smaller places, um, I think you probably don't run the risk as much, like a place like a Kansas City or something like that or a Tampa. But I do think in larger cities, it would probably be wise if they could do that. And for many years, a lot of baseball teams have long-running associations with hotels. Mm-hmm. I remember when I covered the uh, the Denver Nuggets that the San Antonio Spurs would always stay at a hotel in Cherry Creek. That may not be an area that's familiar to a lot of listeners, but Ken, I'm sure Beautiful. you're familiar with it. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the place they would always stay, and they would be there. I remember when uh, CBS would come do a game, You know, their, their guys would always stay in one area. So it's a consistent thing, and I think it could be worked out. And I think to your point, it actually makes a ton of sense. Zubin, we are out of time. Uh, thank you, as always. Congratulations again, and we will speak with you next week. Thank you, Zubin. See you, guys. Good to talk to you. Zuba Mahente, ESPN. Of course, you can catch their show from 5 until 6, and then again from 6 until 9. I mean, from 8 until 9. There you go. 5 to 6, 8 to 9 is just when that listen, show airs. Just listen to it off the, off our time and listen to it on podcast form. There How about you, that? There you go. Better yet. Uh, we have to take another break, don't we? We do. We'll do it right now. We'll come back and um, say goodbye after this. 1460 KXNO, 106.9 Avenue in Des Moines. Final uh, minute or so of the program. Today is essentially, in the tax world, April 15th. It is. Uh, this is the deadline. If you haven't filed your taxes yet and if you forgot about it, as many of you have, uh, this is it. Um, Trent and I get our taxes done at Vision Financial Services. And there's no chance you're going to get them done today, but we can file an extension. Well, Trent and I can't, but the good <laughs> folks at Vision Financial Services can do that for you. Ask for an extension. Here's the phone number. It's real, real easy if you're driving. 440-1133. 440-1133. Mike Hammond, Jerry Hammond over there. Uh, Vision Financial Services on 22nd Street in West Des Moines. 440 440-1133. 33, ask them to file an extension for you and then get back in the next, well, whenever, mm-hmm. to get them done because today is the deadline. Isn't it crazy how quickly things pop up every single year and then we get the extension out to July 15th and <laughs> uh, maybe need another extension going forward. And uh, yeah, they can help you out out of vision. Big thank you to Mike and Jerry and everybody over there. Uh, b- some news from earlier that we didn't get to CJ Frederick undergoing yes. surgery on his foot. He'll be out that six weeks. That came after we spoke with Camp too. That just yeah. came relatively late in the show uh, that he's going to be out six weeks. Well, perfect time to do it, right? <laughs> that is true. All right, uh, Murph and Andy coming your way at 2 o'clock. Fanatics in at 4. Morning rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon. 10 to noon weekdays on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and Owen 106.3 FM. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.